What's going on, people? Welcome to the Take One Podcast. I'm your blessed, black, and highly favored host, Devin, here to give you the honest feelings and thoughts on various topics as seen through the eyes of a young brother from the south side of Chicago. And um, on this week's episode, had a very another very special guest uh, talk with my dad just to get his thoughts on everything that happened when it was reported that George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, as well as just his thoughts on being a black man in America today. And just full disclosure, the audio on it is kind of shoddy. So just bear with me on that. I feel like it was still a great discussion, very genuine discussion, enlightening discussion. And I really wanted to get that discussion out to you all, the listeners. Um, Afterwards, really just going to jump back in, give a few more thoughts, final thoughts on the discussion itself with my pops, as well as some other feelings that I have on George Floyd's murder, as well as what's going on here in Chicago. So that said, uh, feel free to hit me up on social media at underscore. My name is Devin underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. With that said, let's get right to the episode. Take one. Please, we have my dad on the line. What is going on, dad? Hey, what's up, son? What's up, Chicago? How what's you going doing? On? Well, um, truth, truthfully, dad, this, this is difficult times, uh, difficult times. And first of all, thank you for taking the time to get on the phone with me. I just want to pick your brain, uh, pick your brain about what's been happening uh, the past week or so. First of all, I want to start with what were your thoughts when you first heard about um, the murder of George, um, excuse me, of George Floyd? Well, the first thing I, I, that came to my mind was that, uh, here's another situation where a, a man of color, especially a black American, African American, was uh, unjustly, uh, blatantly murdered by a police officer, especially a white one at that. And once again, Eric Gardner, part two. Yeah, yeah. The the crazy thing is, uh, just for full disclosure, I me personally, I haven't um, I haven't watched the video. You know, I haven't watched it. I think that part of the reason is because I I don't know if I could necessarily take it because I feel like you have to you have to shield yourself from some from some of the things that you know we're just not you're not supposed to be able to watch a man killed on, on camera. It's something that, you know, it shouldn't happen. Um, exactly. You know, but with that said, have you seen anything today that's parallel, something that maybe you may have experienced um, when you were my age, for example? Or well, you- no, not really. You know, this is a, a whole uh, precedented time in uh, U.S. history. I mean, back in the 1980s, it was more or less of a more unified uh, street code, so to speak. So, you know, you, you had respect for the authorities, but as time went along and people became more, uh, you know, liberal in their thinking and they took advantage of their power or they, or they you could say, abused their power, uh, things have gotten worse from Rodney King till today. Yeah, I mean, 
That's what I understand that to, to a point. These, I feel like, and granted, I haven't been, it's only been a lot of 26 years. Hasn't there always been, at least within the city of Chicago, tension between um, the police and black communities? Of course, absolutely. I mean, anyone that knows the straight history of Chicago, let's see on the south side, uh, right there at Marquette Park, back in the late 1960s, and of course, the great late Martin Luther King had said never once before he had, he had experienced so much hate from a uh, from a white community like he experienced at the time in Marquette Park, right there on, as we know, on 71st and South California Avenue. Yeah, that was when he was up here marching for um, for the housing, right? For, for equal rights housing at, at that time, right? Okay. Yeah. So, as a as a father, like as a, a black man having a black son, what um, when it comes to things like you know how to deal how to deal with the police and the re, I mean the reality of being a black person growing up, what were some of the things that you tried to instill in myself and uh, Shelby and Leah growing up? just so we can, you know, be mentally equipped for the realities that we're going to be facing. Well, one thing is, you know, as a single dad, I always, the first thing is always show respect uh, to the authorities, you know, for one thing, you know, because once again, uh, most most police officers, most cops, especially here in Chicago, most of them are good guys because I know some personally. However, you know, some in certain particular districts, you know, are very uh, well known not to like people of color. That, that's why the patrols are placed the way they are. If you look at the history and, and the demographics of just the, the beat cops, there's not too much, uh, you could say, integration of the police officers along with uh, the people of color communities throughout Chicago. But one thing I tried to install, it still said you guys was always show respect, you know, and know your rights first. But And I always keep uh, your hands out in the open, of course. And honestly, that, that was something that has been weighing on me the, like the past few days, the fact that when we do do the right thing, when we are respectful, when we are um, compliant, our lives can still be snuffed out. Absolutely. Without, yeah, without any any type of repercussions at all. That said, have you ever felt anything similar in your life? Well, you know, once again, referring to uh, a time period, especially in Chicago, uh, one that, that's been around a little bit, no Back in the 1980s, you know, with uh, some of the, the street gang culture was a lot different back then. You know, but even even then, police officers showed you respect. I mean, with with the great infamous uh, crimes of the, the shootings of Ben Wilson, along, along with other uh, popular, uh, you could say, young black men during the 1980s. If you look at the clips, you, you see how those, those young men at the time was, uh, you know, treated with respect in handcuffs, you know, there's just one example of how things have changed, you know, and when you have bad political leadership, it filters down, you know, the leaders, the troop is only as good as the leadership. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And with that said, um, do you feel like there is a lack of leadership, not necessarily on the, well, on the side of police, but more so on within our communities? Uh, do you think that that'll help us once once things die down? to actually try to make effective changes? Well, absolutely, son. I mean, of course, leadership has changed once again. You look at the news in Chicago, the first person you see speaking, you could say, uh, focusing on the black community is, of course, uh, uh, Father Flagler of St. Sabina Church, which I've met a couple of times. You know, a lot of people have a great respect for him. But certain ones, such as your Jesse Jackson, 
and, uh, you know, Mr. Louis Farrakhan, for some reason, they, they seem to disappear sometimes into mainstream media. Now, they might have their own, uh, you know, person with rainbow push little coalition and, of course, uh, the Nation of Islam, but those two particular leaders, you know, that's one thing Chicago don't have, unlike uh, other major urban cities, especially New York City, which I have experienced myself. Yeah, I've been seeing that uh, in big cities uh, when it comes to just the, the interactions that there seems to be, I don't know, more people showing out uh, to support the uh, the actual, the marches, the protests, the, riot, the riots, you know, and on that on that side of things, as far as the writing goes, I think that it's important to recognize the fact that, you know, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It's because, once again, a black man was murdered and no one said anything until people started rioting and mess, messing up other folks' money. Absolutely. Um, you know, as, as far as if I can cut in, son, you know, as far as that, you know, we look at all the clips on the news and so forth, all the communities, whether up in Minnesota, you know, here in Chicago and everywhere else, New York, Atlanta, and everywhere in between and far away, you know, they only destroying the properties uh, within their own community. If you want to do some some damage, if you're on that, if that's your avenue to voice your your anger, you know, uh, voice your anger towards the one, the powers that be. The powers that be are not people of color. They are, they're not the local U.S. Uh, Bank of America branch, your local post office. Uh, whether it be 60620 or 11226 or 60649 and so on, you know, main black communities uh, throughout the United States. Yeah, I mean, on, when it comes to that, granted, if it's, uh, let's say, like in Minneapolis, they lose a target. I think that um, it's one of those situations where, granted, that specific place may not, yeah, it's within the community, but it's still of a larger conglomerate that at no point has been supportive of the community in which is in not truth not truly you know it's easy for a multi-billion dollar corporation to to donate a few thousand dollars you know for pr purposes but if they're not really doing anything to effectively change um the systems in place would it not be fair to to say hey you're not if you're not a part of that solution then you're still a part of the problem even though you decide to set up shop in our community. Interesting, you know that's that's a good point. So you know, from a few dollars, you know, at the same time, you can look look at it. Uh, like you say, a corporation like Target, they might provide jobs in the community. So now you have a situation where we just got to with the pandemic lockdown, so to speak, and now they got to take time to repair that. They're taking other dollars off of black people tables, so to speak. So that's one thing they should think about as well. Even though you made a good point with, uh, you know, Target and, you know, Macy's and different large retail corps that uh, doesn't support people of color outside of giving one's, uh, you know, employment. Yeah, and even when it's employment, it, we, we're given the, the scraps of the opportunities, you know. It's not it's not as if they're coming in like, hey, we're going to put you in some position of authority to make really effective change, but we'll give you a minimum wage job just, just for you to be happy, you know. Exactly. You know, but one thing I noticed, like even here, you know, in the city, people are doing it where Michigan Avenue, State Street, they're, they're downtown. That's where the majority of the protests and you know looting is going on. And I think that ties back to what I was saying as far as messing with the money, so to speak. I think that that's that's the difference from what I've seen and watched the riots in the past. That a lot of times us as a people will riot within our own communities. We, we may destroy our our own stuff just because we're fed up. But I think that 
this time around, it does seem to be that there is at least a more uh, direct getting to how, all right, we're not going to mess up our own stuff, but we're just going to mess up the stuff that y'all care about, right? So we'll, we'll loot a Gucci store. We'll loot a Nike. Why? Because these are the entities that y'all care about, too. I think that that's that just for me something that really really been sticking out the past week or so. Did you have uh, any thoughts on that? Yes, I mean that that's a good valid point. Once again, it's it's a it's a give and take. If we had go back to the original starting point, you know, you can say patient patient zero, which is of course uh, Mr. George Floyd and his family, you know, and unfortunately, uh, in light of the pandemic slash unemployment, a lot of people of color is frustrated. So this was the, you could say, the, the time to, to speak up, you know, at the same time, you have to stay focused on the whole point of uh, a Mr. Floyd's death because, you know, people of color, we, we do not want to do a disservice black people. To, to, black to him, you know, yeah. black Americans. But you also do, if you look at the news clips, you have your, uh, you know, your, uh, your Afro-Puerto Ricans, your Afro-Dominicans also uh, protesting as well. So, you know, er- everyone is, uh, gearing their anger towards the police because they're the ones that did start this whole situation. And that's something that needs to be addressed. But it goes back to what we said earlier. You have terrible leadership, such as, uh, number 45, as I like to refer to him as, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a sad situation. And, yeah. uh, you know, he doesn't show no respect for, for no, uh, black Americans, let alone any other, uh, minority, uh, outside the European uh, community, uh, outside the European. Thanks for listening, good people. And just really quick, I just want to shout out my dad for being a part of this week's episode and for taking the time out of his day just to, you know, give his thoughts on what's been going on. Now, with that said, it's time for one quick take. This week's one quick take is simply this. The Chicago Police Department needs to be defunded. Uh, anytime that there's $1.6 billion in Chicago funds allocated to a police department when there are so many black neighborhoods across the city that are food deserts where the citizens of those communities don't have proper access to health care. And these are the things that should be getting funded in a city where we have police officers that have access to the latest in military grade weaponry and riot gear. So with that said, uh, that's just how I feel on that particular topic. And if you all feel the same, if you all have any information for me that I can utilize to further educate myself on the topic at hand, please feel free to send me a tweet or DM me on Instagram at underscore. My name is Devin underscore. And with that said, you all uh, just remember every day is a scene in the movie of your life. You're the director. You just have to get started. Take one. You're the director. You just have to get started. Take one. <laughs>